Welcome back to another episode, my lovers and friends. On today's podcast, I'm going to chat with you about my opinions on the new, the newest entry in the Evil Dead franchise, Evil Dead Rise. <clears throat> now, just to help you understand, the Evil Dead franchise started in 1987, a year before I was born, actually. And to have something, there's a lot of franchises that have been around even longer than that, but to have something that's been around that long that is this special, you know, let's make no mistake, the Evil Dead franchise is a very special thing. We have all praise be given to Sam Raimi for his insanely dark and humorous brain because we wouldn't be able to get to rise without evil dead hell you know just off uh i think it was actually the evil dead poster see kids back way back in my day god i sound like old fucking person but way back in my day you'd have these magazines and they'd send you things where you could buy vhs's and tapes and eventually cds and dvds these little catalogs and to be able to fit them the the pictures of the uh the cover art for each product they had to shrink them to an insane size so my young ass you know because my parents were just, you know they're they were bible thumpers they're the kind of christians that you hear about that you you hope to avoid because everything in their life has to involve god you know can't breathe without involving God. So I would have never been able to watch something like Evil Dead 2. But I remember the cover art for Evil Dead 2 just striking me because it had that, that skull um, kind of smirking at you. Skulls can't really smirk without skin or whatnot, but it kind of gave off, at least to me, the impression the skull had, you know, almost a sinister smirk going on. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I had... I had uh, been affected by the Evil Dead franchise, just seeing that, like, always wondering. You know, I actually hadn't watched Evil Dead until, uh, I want to say, 2013. So I'm a very new fan of this franchise compared to a lot of uh, other people who have been writing and or dying with Samuel Raimi and uh, Bruce Campbell in this franchise for most of it before, you know, they had the remake and whatnot and, then they went back with the TV series for like three or four seasons, which is fantastic viewing, especially if you're a fan of the, the Evil Dead franchise. And then we got to where we are current day with Evil Dead Rise. Um, all of what I had just said for the last three minutes, you know, the prelude, if you will. This movie, you know, when I had, I, you know, the funny thing about Evil Dead Rise is it was originally being developed um, for HBO Max, you know, right? They were going to dump this shit on motherfucking, um, premium cable, which is, it's mind-blowing in the same way that they decided to, uh, make the movie Prey, the prequel, the Predator prequel movie for Hulu instead of, you know, you know how much I would have paid Monet to see Prey in theaters, you know, fucking fantastic film. I, 
I have to go pop it in, you know, a little later this week. Just refresh my memory on how fucking fun Prey is. Um, but yeah, they were originally going to unload this movie um, on HBO Max. I remember reading the press announcement for it. You know, they were talking about... Bruce Campbell was actually talking about it and the concept of it, you know. And my imagination imagination is wild. So when I heard that they were going to do Evil Dead, but it was going to be family trapped in a high-rise, I was thinking, like, nice high-rise. Like, I don't know. I thought, like, for some reason, my mind just shot to, like, California high-rises, nice building, you know, that kind of aesthetic, everything was really clean, like an Apple store for no reason, or like the Starship Enterprise, because I always thought the rebooted Starship Enterprise looked um, like walking into an Apple store, because it was just white everywhere. Um, but no, Evil Dead Rise, they smartly, you know, and see, the thing was, the old regime, um, because now, well, in a little while, HBO Max is going to be changing to Max. Um, HBO, Warner Brothers, the whole conglomerate umbrella. I, I and it's funny the New Line Cinemas flashed before the screen. I had no idea that New Line was a uh, was a um, can't think of the word subsidiary of Warner Brothers division of movies or whatnot. It shocked me. I don't know how that escaped my memory so many times, but. <clears throat> No, you don't get a nice California, all white, like an Apple store, aesthetic looking type of high rise. You get this grimy fucking high rise that is, uh, I don't know where it's located. I, I don't remember. Yeah, no, it's in L.A., yeah, because the sister, the main character, if you will, comes straight from LAX. Um but yeah, no, it's a grimy, it's going to be torn down in about a week when the film starts. High Rise, which is, uh, we'll get to, mm, not going to do too many spoilers because the film just came out. Um, but the film starts in a really kick-ass way where you, uh, if you've seen the trailers and you know that, that at a certain point in the movie there's, um, a scene where a deadite is rising from a lake. That's actually the beginning of the film. And I, I gotta say, you know, once again, it, it's it's interesting. Because the remake by Fed Alves in 2013, was it 2013? It was, you know, a couple years ago. Fed Alves did a remake, never got a sequel, which is disappointing. But then again, the way that it kind of ended is like, where the fuck would you go from there? Because Bloodbath City. But uh, it's impressive to me, you know. So you find out later on in the film that uh, this version of the Necronomicon is one of three and so you could almost assume that uh i guess if the fed alves version is a remake then that's the same necronomicon as found in the original two movies 
There's no the re- my bad the original three you got Evil Dead Evil Dead Two and Evil Dead Army of Darkness. That's my bad. Um, <clears throat> so then this book of the dead because they even aesthetically make it different where the book is locked by these gnarly looking teeth fangs whatever kind of deal and the only way the book gets opened is with um you have to feed it blood if one of the characters accidentally pricks their finger and blood drips and it's soaked up by the uh, skin of the dead i guess and one of the things i liked <clears throat> the most just evolution of characters in horror movies because stereotypically um when it comes to something like a a creepy leather bound looking book a lot of these characters in this entire franchise you get characters and for some reason usually ends up being like a blonde person but you got these idiots who are seeing these terrifying looking images of people being flayed and, you know, just demons torturing souls. You wouldn't really be like, okay, let's just read these words right quick and really just get into the fucking weeds. Like, no, you'd fucking, I, if it were me, I'd throw that, my black ass would throw that shit in the fucking fire. You wouldn't see me fucking, like, yeah, I don't know. It's called the Necronomicon. I'm just going to kind of read the cliff notes and. I don't know, just kind of poke around. No. And so my favorite thing about this movie is that the sister of the person who activates this fucking book of evil, uh, when she sees that the blood that he spilled on the book mysteriously disappeared, she's like, yeah, no, fuck this. You need to put that book back. You need to leave this alone. Like, I don't like that. I don't like this at all. And it's smart. Because typically people will just be like, oh, shit, man, that was crazy. Your blood just disappeared off off the fucking cover of the book, son. Like, that was mad nuts. Read some more. <laughs> Instead, the sister's smart. She probably, based off that line alone, was the smartest person in that film. Um... I think that it was an interestingly good idea to have this not take place inside the confines, confines, the confines of a log cabin, because then you this this and this is another thing that I realized that Evil Dead Rise. If you like the 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 chaos and misery that the Deadites cause, this film gives you without a doubt the most Deadites on screen at one time they do some fucking wild shit in this film that's just like okay i'm just sitting there in my head mentally i'm just like they fucking nailed it like i don't see how this doesn't get a sequel i really don't if it doesn't i will be fucking mad because they did shit in this film that truly expands upon the mythologies of the Evil Dead franchise, because stereotypically in the Evil Dead franchise with the TV shows being, if we're just talking about the movies, we're not, we're skewing the TV shows. Uh, typically the formula is one dumbass blonde person reads the fucking Book of the Dead, the Necronomicon, and one of the women is infected with a demon. It's never very specific on 
what kind of demon, which is another thing this film does differently, is they give you a specific look at what the demon looks like, which is terrifying. Um, but yeah, usually the entity takes hold of one woman and all chaos ensues from that one person. But in this version, you get uh, a deadite that is, and it makes sense because it's fucking demons and shit like that. So you get a deadite that's able to infect multiple people. And I'll, I'll believe that as vague as possible so I don't ruin any of the the mystery for any of my faithful listeners. But, yeah, it, there's so much that's different. There's another part further in the movie where you get the most fucked up, like, like seeing that. And I'm like, yeah, I ain't never seen that. No fucking Evil Dead. Like, they really, they really went fucking harder than John Carter of Mars. I read an article, you know, they're doing press for this film, and they said that they had to create a kitchen, a kitchen, just to make fake blood because they used so much fucking blood. And Tadao, they did their damn dizzle. They did their thug thizzle. They did their thug thesis. There's a lot of fucking blood in this movie. There's, there's just... A lot of fucked up imagery that I'm sitting there, and I'm a huge fan of horror. You know what I'm saying? So I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm just so happy to be alive to see how far our cinematography and film creation has come for horror, because horror movies. Well, typically they're still made on cheap. Used to be made on a shoestring budget. That's why the original, besides it being a cool aesthetic and it being a good location story-wise for a horror, horror tale, that's why the original Evil Dead movie shot in a cabin. Like, if you look at that thing, like, it's it's impressive. It's all kinds of impressive in terms of what they're doing. Um production-wise, on a shoestring budget in the original Evil Dead movie. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's so damn seamless that even to this day, it still looks fucking good. It's crisp, it's sharp, it's concise. It's on fucking point. It's just great to see that, because sometimes, you know... Certain, you know, psychological slash horror movies, you don't really need a lot of blood if it's playing with your mind, because the mind's a very powerful, dangerous tool slash weapon. Um, but Evil Dead movies, you're going to want the blood, you know. You're going to want to see some red raspberry stains. I like the family dynamic in it. It feels more visceral and more like there's more on the line. You know, we'd all seen the trailer, so you know it's the mother gets infected by this evil entity. 
And there's just something about, you know, we've seen kids in horror movies before. You know, that's not necessarily a new thing. You know, it's not like someone's never thought before, like, let's put a kid in a situation that would usually only occur around horny teenagers, camp counselors, or just regular adults. You know what I'm saying? And Evil Dead movies are especially famous for having female characters in danger right along with the male characters and whatnot. We ain't never seen, like, I don't know, this little girl probably was like six or seven at the least, potentially maybe five, but I I think in more six or seven. That, that was a good trick because it made me anxious. Like seeing, this is something about seeing, you know, because there's the mom, the sister, and three kids. And so you've got two teenagers and an adolescent. I think that's what you call them when they're not teenagers or a child. You got two teenagers and a child. I don't think there's ever been another Evil Dead movie in this franchise that's been more, you know, stress inducing. Because, you know, kids, yeah, some of us take them, some of us leave them. But the majority of us don't want to see anything bad happen to children. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just a completely different feeling. I feel like that was part of the masterstroke of this storytelling is that, you know, you only really had one adult. The rest of them were children. And so the stakes were a little bit higher. Mm, I just uh, I just said stakes. I don't know what it is about me, but anytime someone says something, you know, stakes were higher, I'm like, man, were the, was there butter on them too? And some sauteed onions maybe? People are always like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you said steaks. I'm thinking about grilling steak. Very, very medium rare, you know, got a nice light crusting on the outside, just succulent steak. Couldn't be higher. But they're talking about, you know, fates of people and shit. They're not talking about gourmet cuisine. I just, anytime I hear that, I'm just like, mm, steak. Sorry. <laughs> I got off talk topic waxing unpoetically about how much I fantasize about a nice, juicy, I don't know. I won't be too greedy. Say a nice, juicy porterhouse. Maybe with like a half-baked potato, just some chives and sour cream. Gotta have the butter and the cheese, of course, you know. Don't be in, don't be in that bag. You want to sprinkle a little cheese on that bitch, you know. Baked potato, throw some cheese on that bitch. You'll have to forgive me for being this silly. I'm not usually doing podcasts at 7 o'clock in the morning, but... I woke up randomly and I decided, yeah, I had had enough time to mentally masticate this film and really dig up what I was going to say about it. You know what I'm saying? It just came out um, officially on Friday. And so, you know, with these films, I when, when films come out, I don't like to give, excuse me, give too much of a spoiler. I want to leave some air of mystery. 
excuse me, I, I, I don't usually do podcasts this early in the morning and I don't usually eat nachos from a Mexican restaurant this early in the morning, but the carne asada, I told you I like steak. It was divine, so I excuse excuse me for the burp and my impoliteness. I do apologize to my lovers and friends, my faithful, faithful little truffle hunters. I apologize. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely going to go back and see it again because I got a painful cramp in my midsection right in the... Uh, the start of the second act and so I was uh I had to leave so I did miss some things so I definitely will go back and you know probably go back this this coming weekend and uh we can have a spoiler chat about Evil Dead Rise when some of you guys have seen it a little bit more I notice sometimes in the episodes um statistics people usually pick up the episode about a week after the movie I'm talking about has come out. So I want to give you guys time to see this film for yourself and mentally digest it on your own time, and then we can meet each other back here on the podcast that you love the most with the entertainer who has just the silkiest, sultriest voice I told you, I'm spitting nothing but solid liquid gold all up in your eardrums. The Entertainment Beyond Show with your host, Jensen, the beautiful and majestic motherfucking Dean Jackson, son. And we are coming up in a couple months on the fifth year anniversary of, I said we, I meant to say I, I am coming up on the fifth year anniversary of the Entertainment Beyond show. And just amazing. I'm trying to put some things together. We're I'm, I'm changing the structure of the podcast. That'll be the most major things that you will see. Physical changes to the, the cover art. And there's a new change that I'm trying at the beginning of the episode. We dropped the... Obviously, I've dropped the ad. I've been doing some changes. You know, some, some behind-the-scenes reorganization so just stick with me because you stuck with me through the hard times hard times hard times and i'm hoping that you can stick with me through the high times the the bright times the times where we're all going to shine together in this lovely lovely podcast called entertainment beyond and as always i want to thank you my faithful listeners and i will catch you on the next one i love you